Hey everybody, welcome back to our season 4 premiere, episode mm -hmm. 76 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on May the 2nd, 2022. I am your uh, host and master, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And uh, we always like to issue a little spoiler warning before we talk about these movies, so... There it is. Spoiler warning. You probably haven't seen this movie. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The film in question this week, chosen by yours truly, your master for this episode, <laughs> uh, is in fact a movie called The Master from 2012. Wow. It's hard to believe that that was 10 years ago. A big ago. year for movies. As we'll soon find out next week. After what Sterling has told me, he's decided to show me. Yep. Little, little, little tit for tat going on right now with these movies. The master <laughs> was... Let's just say it was a thing. It was, it was an assault to Sterling's sensibilities, and now he's going to counter that. Uh, the whole movie of the master had my shoulders living in my ears. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah, we'll uh we'll get into that. So I guess we should kind of talk about what this movie is. Uh you probably haven't heard of this movie. Um it was sort of an independent it was sort of an independent film um made by uh one of uh my favorite filmmakers, a filmmaker we've uh visited uh, quite a few times at this point. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, we did an episode on Boogie Nights. We did an episode on Punch Drunk Love. And we did an episode on There Will Be Blood. Um, that's, one, that's the one he's really known for, I feel. Now, nowadays, yeah. Um, those are all great films and good episodes. You should go uh, listen to those. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, this is probably going to be <laughs> the last movie of his I show you for a while because um, some of his other movies aren't at least my cup of tea. Uh, you lost Lee as a fan, sir. No, you didn't lose me because I, I saw his most recent film, Licorice Pizza, uh, and that was, that was pretty good. Oh, Okay. I'll save that for the uh, some information later. And I know exactly what you're thinking, and I can argue <laughs> my point for that movie too. <laughs> we will later. Um, but yeah, I uh, I liked that movie. Uh, and now since no, okay, well, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about his movie right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, his last film was pretty good. I liked it. I wasn't a big fan of uh, his, his last movie that he did with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, which was called Phantom Thread. It's okay. Very it's very yeah. It's okay. It's well acted, of course, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. But it's, honestly, even for me, I got to say, it's kind of boring. <laughs> so I'm sitting there talking. There's a lot of talking. It's about a subject I'm not entirely interested in 
he's like a fashion designer. Uh. Um, and it's like, like in the, it takes place in like the fifties, so it's like about fifties fashion. It's like okay, it's well acted though. <laughs> of course, it's like that's what these movies are. And then uh, he did a movie before that, which I honestly, it's the only movie of his that I actively dislike. Jeez. It's called uh, Inherent Vice. Never heard of it. Um, it's sort of like, uh, kind of like a Big Lebowski type, you know, detective movie, but with like a hippie as the main character. Joaquin Phoenix is in that film oh, as well. Oh, God. He's actually not a. He's not the kind of character that he is in this movie. Not he's actually the best cringy. part of this movie. No, he's not. He's actually pretty funny in that movie. His performance is one of the only good things about that film. But the problem with that movie is that it's way too long, and it like relish it like relishes the fact that you can't understand what's happening, <laughs> and the main character doesn't understand what's happening, and it just throws like all these different characters and storylines at you and it's like if the big lebowski took itself way too seriously so and all the plot lines actually matter but they don't yeah. in the end <laughs> even um yeah so that movie yeah that movie was a disappointment and then there's magnolia which i don't know whether or not i do like or not i recognize the title the movie is such a fucking mess <laughs> um, even Paul Thomas Anderson will admit that. So maybe I'll show that movie to you once I maybe set s- set a- aside some time to watch it because it's nearly three hours long for no reason. <laughs> That's one of the problems with it. He likes his long movies. But his movies kind of... He cut them where, you know, he cut them down to where they don't drag, at least for me. Some of his movies. Sometimes you're just like, oh my god. Yes. So let's now I've seen a few of his movies. You've seen four of them. I know. And every time, like, this could be half an hour shorter. There's a lot yeah. of scenes of like the character just going like, <laughs> and you're like, how long are you gonna look at this guy's face? Well, you know, he wants you to take in the images and the emotion. He's a director who, you know, tries to make movies. That you know, you can kind of just appreciate oh, how everything oh, he looks. He gets a cup and he, he farts into it. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I make movies that are not, they don't go for the Oscars, but if he won an Oscar, he'd be like, finally, they recognize me. He gets nominated a lot. Like, they recognize me. <laughs> he did get mad that <laughs> he didn't win the Oscar for Boogie Nights. Well, that was early in his career, and that movie was never going to win the Oscar. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad movie, but it's right, yeah, yeah. Oscar worthy. I mean, the acting is, and the, I think the filmmaking is. No, I want to know what movie won that year for Best Picture. Ninety-seven. I think it was Shakespeare in Love. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> or maybe that was the year after. I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't know. Boogie Night, a movie about porno. Like Hollywood was never going to vote for it. No, of course not. But it's also about filmmaking, and you know Hollywood loves that kind of shit. It was it was about porn filmmaking. Still, you know Hollywood is always kind of like kind of jerking itself off when it comes to that shit. So uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about 
the actual like movie that we watched for this episode, um, The Master. So uh, yeah, it stars Joaquin Phoenix, who everyone knows as <sighs> Joker now. Yes, thank God. I mean, because <laughs> otherwise it's just like Jesus. If this is all I knew him for, I would hate him. I disagree. Movie, it's just every moment he's on the screen, you're just like. If this guy was a person in your life, you'd be like, I'm going to make it so he's not part of my life anymore. It's, it's like much, the instinct of human beings. And that's pretty much everybody in this movie, except for Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Um, of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this film. He, he did a lot of films with Paul Thomas Anderson. After he was funny for like a minute. Oh, in that stupid movie, uh, Along Came Polly. Where he sharts. Yeah. He's picking up the paycheck, I think. <laughs> that, that movie that made one. me laugh so much, and I loved that character. And then when I found out who he really was, I was like, oh. <laughs> These are the kind of movies he makes? Depression? Depression, okay. Uh, So, yeah, this movie, it's pretty complicated, but not, like, I guess, I don't want to talk about this movie, like, scene by scene, but we might have to do that a little bit. Because otherwise you won't <laughs> understand what the fuck's happening. You know, just to kind of give you a little bit of context, I guess, unless you've already watched this film. Which we hope you have. Which I do hope you have, especially me, because I think this is a, a really underrated film. Um, It's about... Joaquin Phoenix's character, who is a uh, World War II uh, Navy veteran who's uh, just coming home after uh, the Japanese uh, surrender. A pure example of not all vets should be respected. Okay, because, you know, Sterling was uncomfortable. He killed an old man. On accident. Eh. Let me get to that point. Jeez. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character uh, is... He's taken in for, like, a psych evaluation, and uh, he's clearly disturbed uh, and is suffering from PTSD, shell shock, as they probably called it back then. But he seemed, like, weird before he even went. He was, fu- yeah, he was already somebody who Like, shell shock from his life. And like That's just the character. The opening scene is him, like, like the way you get introduced to this guy... Is like they're it's on this nice beach, like Lee said. The war's over. They're probably all like, "Oh Jesus Christ! Finally, we made it through somehow. Everyone's happy. Everyone's just like lounge around drinking beers, primitive surfing, all this shit. They're making like uh, sand bitches in the the sand, and then Walking <laughs> Phoenix character comes over, and then just starts fucking it. Now at first it's like, oh ha ha ha, like fucking it, yeah, because they made it. It's like they're the weirdos that made the boobs and all the things first. But then he keeps you know, going. They're horny too. Yeah, but then he keeps going. Like it's like way past like and he stops laughing and he starts going like, uh, uh, but then, uh. and then he goes off to jerk off. Into and yeah, the you ocean. see Walking Phoenix who just looks like a like it just he looks like he's pain. It's pretty funny. <laughs> His existence looks painful. He's always looks like he's crunching up. He's always just like, ah, like you ah. can see his bones through his yeah, skin. He's, he's always like, I, he can always eat. It's because he's a fucking vegan and he needs meat and his body's dying. 
And he doesn't want to exi- is admit it because he's like, squash is just as good. Like, no, it's not. Like, oh, so we're going to start ranting about veganism now? Well, when it's walking Phoenix, yeah, because that's his personality. He's <laughs> one of the vegans that wears it on his shoulder and leads the conversation well, with, yeah, he do you eat meat? He gave that insane speech well, at the milk. Oscars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a he's a disturbed character, uh, and very like hyper, like is yeah hypersexualized. Should be on like sexually repressed seventy billion milligrams of like like Ritalin, or should be or should actually be in a mental hospital. Yes. But uh, he goes on to uh, a short career as a department store uh, portrait operator mm-hmm. you know those old you know every, i don't know if zoomers know this now but back in the day you could go to places like jc penny's or sears and get a picture taken with all of your family in our lives in the millennials lives you could do that that's what i'm saying I our said, era was the one who saw that like all those people lose their jobs yeah once uh you could take pictures on your phone that was done and digital cameras got good. And digital and digital cameras got better. And yeah. now Sears doesn't exist, and there's three Kmart's left. <laughs> yeah. So sad. That's life. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, through through the well, actually, I kind of skipped a little bit. Joaquin Phoenix's thing in this movie is he likes to uh, make these. Really terrible cocktails. Death potions. What they call jug juice in the Navy. Mm. um, Where he'll take not, well, substances that have alcohol in it, but like aren't meant to be drank. Yeah, it's like the shit that would propel the bombs. Yeah, like oil that's inside torpedoes and stuff. Yeah. Like Like siphons that. It's pure ethanol just to like, all it does is propel it. And then there's a scene where they all drink this shit and all the naval officers are just like, oh. Yeah, you take like a couple <laughs> sips and they're all fucked up and this guy's like chugging it. Yeah. The, and it's the kind of alcohol where you probably hallucinate. And we see him uh, mix some of this stuff up in his little uh, photo lab and give it to this girl that he fancies who also works at the department store. Yeah, this is way back. This is obviously the 50s, so they had... Legit models walking around with their mm-hmm. the, the clothes on because it's like, oh, look what it would look like. A pretty nice like, out. It's sixty nine ninety five. I like that scene where we're just kind of like following <coughs> following her. It, the it store. gave me the illusion of like maybe might be kind of nice, and then no. <laughs> That's Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, so yeah, he asks this girl out on a date. They go on a date. He passes out because he's a drunk. Yep. And uh, the next day, he gets into a fight <laughs> with one of his customers. Like, really awkward. He just, like, eggs him on for some reason because he's, like, bitter, I guess, about how the date went. And I guess just about his life at that point. Yeah, he's just so bored. And, like, he just, yeah, he just starts pushing this hot light bulb into this guy's like, face. You're making me sweat. And the guy just, and then they just You start, need to shut up. <laughs> I know, he's so, I just... Oh my god, he's the person that like every dude in the room is like, we gotta bully him until he leaves. He does something. <laughs> like, let's all buy him a round of Benadryl and ropes. Let's see what happens. I'm not advocating for I'm not advocating violence. for it either, but 
you know. So yeah, after that, well, he, the jungle. He becomes a a migrant worker, where again he's mixing these death potions. Yeah, I don't know where he's getting this moonshine. fucking liquid. Because he can find anything, you know. If you can find anything that has a little bit of like alcohol or a little bit of yeah, but he keeps finding these crazy pure, like like the, when he's at Sears or like whatever the photo shit. Paint thinner. Yeah, he was doing it through like he was using like the shit that you would like uh, make the photos appear. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's just like anything that could fuck you up. How is he not dead? potentially? Well, I don't think. I honestly, my theory. For his character, is that he doesn't even make it out of the fifties. Yeah, there's no way his, his kidneys will ex- are gonna explode. His stomach must be like rotted out. His guts are yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a car- he's I f- lose his throat. I feel like yeah, his um, that is kind of his destiny, in a way, sort of go his own way and he'll just go and die in a hospital. Like he'll by the time he goes to the hospital, they'll be like, you have two weeks left. Nobody could be his master. 1959. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He uh, ends up kind of giving everybody this moonshine, and he's just like, drink it carefully. That's all you get. One cup. But then this old guy comes in, and he looks like he says that he reminds him of his father, and he keeps you know, giving this guy this horrible drink, to the point where he gets poisoned. Mm-hmm. And uh, the migrant workers try to uh, basically kill him. Yeah, they're they going to chase him. <laughs> they fucking uh, chase him in a kind of comical running scene. Because he's just like, how would you not catch him? He's running so slow, his pants are barely hanging on. He's like, ah, 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 <laughs> ah, Like, I just, you're just like, someone trip him, and I wish they had got him, and then they would just be like, Credits, and the credits that is just his swinging body. <laughs> That's how Sterling really wanted this movie to go. He deserved just it. Kill this he guy. He murdered that old man on accident. No, he's like, you remind me, my dad. Die, die, die. <laughs> he wanted him dead. Subconsciously. <laughs> Poor wrinkly old like avocado looking man. He didn't look right. He already looked pretty. Yeah, weak. he was a heavy alcoholic, so he was probably like, "I can handle it." Nope. No. <laughs> you don't know you're drinking paint thinner. Something that'll just rot your guts immediately. If Especially if you're an old person. And your guts who's are been already an alcoholic rot- your yeah. entire life. Like it just—that's the kicker right there. We can't handle this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Walking Phoenix escapes. He makes his way onto uh, a boat uh, where this party is happening. Uh, it's a big old yacht. Yeah, nice yacht. And then uh, he wakes up the next morning in one of the bunk beds, and he's just like, Whoa, uh, the whole time I'm like, down. oh god, what's about to happen? Because I thought it was just gonna be him being so cringy drunk, and like I thought he was gonna assault somebody. No, the whole time I'm like, what's he about to do? That's why I like this movie. There's tension. What is he going to do? He's an unpredictable character. Um, yeah, so he wakes up, and this girl, this young girl wakes him up, actually, and takes him to uh, who he thinks is the ship's commander, or so he's told. 
which is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, uh, whose name is Lancaster Dodd. It's such a cringy scene where he's just like, I'm a f- nuclear physicist and philosopher. <laughs> a theoretical philosopher, but above all, I'm a man. Like, so you're a failure. Sure. But to Joaquin Phoenix's character, he comes off somewhat impressive because he, you know, actually seems like he's interested. And people are listening to him. him. For once. There's somebody who actually wants to kind of know who he is. Um, Which is interesting because this isn't the first time they've met. Not only, like, that's what Phil Seymour Hoffman says, like, I feel like I've always known you, like in a past life. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, literally, they met the night before. Yeah, a scene we don't see. Yeah, which is interesting. This is, like, the aftermath of that. When they were probably both a little drunk. Well, he was very drunk. They were both probably very drunk. Yeah, because they were both drinking his <laughs> death liquor, which uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Somehow doesn't says, kill Seymour Hoffman. He can drink just as much. He's as much of an alcoholic as uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is, but his wife kind of breaks him of that <laughs> eventually. Uh, weird, passive-aggressive way. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix comes to find out that he's... that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is the leader of this group called The Cause, or they believe in something, this idea called The Cause... And it's basically, it's a mixture of a lot of different ideas. It's basically Scientology. Yeah, it's like, uh, because Scientologists will sue anybody that ever mentions their name ever, if you're going to make a movie on, like, the origin of Scientology, you have to not call it Scientology. You have to basically invent everything. And, and they got to change it up a little bit. Like, they didn't make his, uh, like, the, what's his face? Philip Seymour Hoffman character so like the truth truth where like it's like oh he was an obviously a pedophile and horrible abuser like they oh, yeah. alluded a little bit to it but like they were like this is loosely based on that because like he's a definite piece of shit but it's like if you really if they did a real biopic it'd be like Jesus Christ yeah so yeah Lancaster Dodd's character is kind of like loosely based off of L. Ron Hubbard the father of Scientology I was hoping they'd stay on the boat the whole time because I heard that was his big thing. He was always on a boat, and he was like, I'm a sea captain. Yeah, you, there's a bunch of pictures of him with his little sea captain's hat on and shit. You're right. I kind of wish, I was, I was like, hoping I think that probably would have made it too explicit. Yeah. Like, and uh, he's also he's a combination of a, like other figures, I guess. It's not just Scientology, but that's kind of the main, like, kind of, basis of it yeah they don't mention aliens but they do mention the reincarnation yeah it's all about like past his thing is past lives um you know how our past like shapes us how our past is perverted and every life he's lived he's always been like awesome he's always been the best yeah but he yeah he feels like he know like the reason why he kind of keeps joaquin phoenix around is because he wants to find out like where they've met before in the past life yeah, so they I become don't obsessed really understand, with each other. Like why he actually does? Like, does he really like him? Does he keep him around because he's like, I'm a mess, but at least I'm not like him. <laughs> like, is it a way to make a, himself feel better? I think it's you know, is it vanity because he's like, I'm gonna fix him, and then he just can't. I think it's a lot of different things. I feel like they both 
are the only people who kind of un- understood each other in a way. But it was like Walking Phoenix character was always getting manipulated. Well, because Philip Seymour Hoffman is clearly the smarter character. He's the master and they call, and he has his like little cult members call him master, which is kind of so creepy. It's yeah, it's creepy. Cuz then he also preaches everyone's like equal. And That's what they do. That's what cult leaders do. But not me. I'm not equal with you. But I, you know, I'm the leader though. I'm the one who's going to help you see the light or whatever. I'm going to bring you so you got to let me have your girlfriend freedom for the night. and knowledge and then we're going to drink Kool-Aid and you're all going to die. Let me see your wife for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely this movie is definitely about like the kind of dangers of getting involved with cults mm-hmm. and how they can sort of manipulate people, especially someone like Joaquin Phoenix. Um but at the same time I do think Philip Seymour Hoffman genuinely kind of cared about him. As we see kind of later on after... (laughs) It's not just pity. It's a little bit of that, I think. And originally he kept him around just so he could have some more of that alcohol. Yeah. He tells him, like, you must give me more of that remarkable potion. (laughs) Uh, What would it taste like? I don't even want to imagine. Probably just... Rubbing burning. alcohol. Yeah, and just like, ugh. That's all your brain would be able to register, like, just the yeah, like pure alcohol. rubbing alcohol, and it's just like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> just to, like, drink it? Yeah, and he, there's a scene, like, right after he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, and he's uh, going to go up for uh, his daughter's wedding, and he's, like, re- he's in the bathroom, and he looks into the medicine cabinet, and he just grabs a random bottle of whatever mm-hmm. and starts drinking it. Yeah, that's a, that's the sign of a true alcoholic. Oh, for sure. Because I go, whatever's going to fuck me up, I'll drink it. Yeah. And then he sort of uh, kind of gets indoctrinated by this group, but not fully. Um, he's just sort of like the outsider. Everybody's kind of like, who is this guy? Why is he who here? Who is everywhere, basically. Yeah, he's making even these like weird cultists like kind of creeped like, out. Yeah, I know it's hilarious. That's how like oh, horrible and cringy Walking Phoenix is. The cult's like, he's a bit much, ain't he? Like, <laughs> he I know we're all like away. the reincarnation of fifteen different selves of our own making, but like, he's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's crazy. I know I call you master, but I call him weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, after uh. Yeah, after they get off the boat, they go see their uh, their benefactor, basically. They kind of pr- like show off like what they're all about, why they should be given like money. Yeah, there's like people that follow them there, and people that are like a little skeptical. Who are brought there, yeah, to, like maybe join, and by join, give him money, basically. And when he's doing like his little past life therapy session uh <laughs> it's going real well for him at first uh, this guy i know this is the this is there. the really only great scene well no i mean there's obviously good acting on it, but this is my favorite scene in the movie it's a great scene this guy who was at the party is just like excuse me he keeps trying to get philip seymour hoffman's attention as he's going on this diatribe that means nothing basically 
Yeah, he's saying a lot of it's words. A lot of big words. It's a word salad, basically. And then this guy just comes out and he goes, oh, excuse me, sir. Like, how can you prove that, you know, any of this is true? And he's like, well, you know, the world has been around for millions of years. He's like, well, isn't the Earth, like, known to be, like, over a billion years? Old? Yeah. <laughs> he, like, really starts grilling him about With the all real facts beliefs. and knowledge. And he's like, and then what really sets the guy off is that, like, you say that you can cure cancer with this type of thing. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman... He, he said some kinda, types. Like, just some types. You could tell, like... That's what they always say. Losing. They're like, I didn't say all of them. I said some types. It's like, what types? And he's like, well, can't you see that our past lives have been misshapen, perverted? And he's just like, what are you even saying? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and if I have a cancer. And he's like, well, I'm sorry you can't uh, defend your points in any rational way. And he's like, bah, 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 you pig fuck! <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, that basically turns everybody in the room and walking against Phoenix him. Is like, like yeah, a little throw, chihuahua. He throws something at the dude. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, no, bad Freddy. Yeah, like <laughs> a weird dog relationship. Yeah, or... I don't know, bad child, or like father-son relationship almost. Weird, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, next move, after they get basically thrown out of this party, uh, is to go find that guy and beat him up so he doesn't speak out against the cult ever again. Yeah, make his master mad. Yeah, the next scene, yeah, after that, his... Uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman grills him. He's like, oh, you, you naughty boy, naughty boy. You don't do that sort of thing. That's not what we're about. But then definitely is kind of like... But kind of approves of it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, keep doing it. Just don't let me find out. And he's like, we have to figure out where we've met. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's nagging at me. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so like just... That's such a douchebag thing to say. Like, I just know we've met. It just sounds like that's something a guy would say to like a barista that he sees at his coffee shop every day like oh i just know somewhere we were like in love or in paris this <laughs> is like he's trying to like fuck you i just like you're gross <laughs> he's a he's a weirdo um i think i skipped the mo- one of the most important scenes though is when uh Joaquin Phoenix's character uh goes in for what uh Philip Seymour Hoffman's character calls processing, which is like basically a little <laughs> pseudo psychology test. It's basically what they call auditing in Scientology. In fact, some of the questions that are asked are some of the exact questions that are on the actual audit forms uh, that are used. Like, do you, like, one of the weirdest questions is do you linger at bus stops? <laughs> That's a real question on the uh, audit questionnaire for Scientology. I guess if you believe we're all reincarnations of alien souls, then that's not the weirdest thing. <laughs> I know, but it's like it's such an odd question. It is. Do it's like it feels like they didn't stops. like, but like it's just like he made personal rules. Like I just hate it when people linger at a bus stop. <laughs> like L. Ron Hubbard, only shady people <laughs> linger at bus stops. <laughs> I guess it's that. That's what it means. But like, what, you mugging the people on a bus? That's like the poorest people. Go mug someone better. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, uh, I mean, the scene kind of starts off innocently. I, I that's why I, I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie, and I want to talk about it. Um, it starts off really, like, innocent. Like, they're just kind of, like, chatting a little bit. He's kind of giving him softball questions. Mm-hmm. Not even He doesn't even ask him any questions. He just says, say your name. Say your name. Say it one more time, just so you don't forget. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, he's like, like, okay, well, we're uh, finished here for today. And then Joaquin Phoenix is like, no, no, I want the real thing. I want to actually, like, get processed or whatever. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is like, okay, <laughs> you're going to have to answer all these questions without blinking. Mm-hmm. Which would be the hardest part. Which I also, I think, is a real, is also a part of the, the audit test for Scientology. Um, and this it starts off kind of funny because Joaquin Phoenix farts. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he farts before the test. I forgot all about that. And he, like, breaks out into laughter. <laughs> and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, you silly animal. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I swear. It just, it, it, I don't see, like, father, son. I see pet owner and pet. I mean, that's... A good interpretation. There is a little bit of that. It's a complex relationship, I think. It's like a pit bull he can never tame. Exactly. Pit bull chihuahua. Yeah, he's almost making Joaquin Phoenix like his little pet project, in a way. Yeah, something you know, when he has spare time, he'll spend an hour or two I can change this man. I can make him a part of the cause. But yeah, so he, he starts asking him all these really personal questions. And to the point where Joaquin Phoenix starts fucking breaking down mm-hmm. and starts hitting himself because he well he breaks the rules of the test by blinking and he starts fucking hitting slapping himself in the face really hard. And you're like, sheesh, it's just a question, buddy. Um, and then he asks him about like who the love of his life is, and then we sort of get this we get this flashback of uh, this girl that he fancied. Who uh, is? It's a little weird. Cause he looks like he's forty-seven, and he's supposed to be like twenty-one, and she's sixteen, but she looks yeah, she's 15. like fifteen or something. Yeah, looks fourteen. Yeah, it's a little he's, weird. He just, he just, and he still they couldn't get clothes to fit him. Like they <laughs> they're like, oh, we. He always has to be in clothes that just never fitted. But well. I think that's just him. He always, he always does like, um. Super dramatic. He's a method actor a little bit. He does super dramatic. Even his like, uniform. The military changes. wouldn't just give you this like sack of potato shirt. <laughs> he just looked like he like bear. It looked like three well, times his size. His, his lifestyle. He was probably already like a depressed alcoholic before he went into the navy, and he thought he probably thought that the navy would maybe cure him of that or give him a distraction. Oh, but no. That doesn't because he actually probably someone showed him that jug juice. That and he ended up uh, actually killing Japanese soldiers in the war. That also traumatized because he says because one of the questions that Phil Seymour Hoffman asks him is, "Have you ever killed anybody?" And he goes and after lying <laughs> a few times, um, he's just like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> and he's like, "Who'd you kill?" Japs in the war. So I mean, there's there's that he really does have legit PTSD. 
Yeah. Um, so the Navy made things worse for him. <laughs> but yeah, we get this flashback because he's sort of like, that's like the one regret of his life is leaving her. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of feels like he almost kind of feels happy after like telling that story. Like, ah, I finally got it off. Cause it's chest. like real therapy. It's just like, it's just the example of just which talk, is, which is what no one ever talked El- to him, which is what L. Ron Hubbard was against. He hated psychology for some reason. Because but, it actually helped people and made him not, made him not believe his bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and that's basically what auditing is. It's kind of just a psycho basic psychology test. And now it's a way they use to know all your secrets so they can blackmail you. Yes, it's very, very fine organization, the Church of Scientology. <laughs> Loses members every single year, and they keep selling off properties. Dying religion. Religion, in quotes. <laughs> Don't sue us, Bring Scientology. Um, so, yeah, after uh, their benefactor, their original benefactor, like, cuts them off, uh, they go to Laura Dern's house. Good old Laura Dern from She hadn't left for Jurassic the uh, Rebels yet. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't uh, the resistance, you mean? Resistance, she wasn't lighting yeah. the fires for the resistance. <laughs> Everyone's favorite character, Admiral Holdo. He's an admiral for some reason. <laughs> Don't I'm not going to tell my uh, my soldiers what their orders are. I'm just going to let them kind of figure it out for themselves. And get mad at me and try to attempt a mutiny. Because I just won't tell him the plan, which would have fixed everything. <laughs> I'm just going to be as shrewd as possible because I'm a strong female. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Last Jedi, Love everybody. Great film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they go to her house and they basically use it as their base of, base of operations. It's a very beautiful house. It's a nice, nice little quaint house a nice porch and uh during one of like uh philip seymour hoffman's like therapy sessions the the police come by bust him for practicing medicine right before the the oh yes uh philip seymour hoffman's son uh Played by Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad. He literally looks like his son. And he really does look like Phil Seymour Hoffman's son. It's pretty amazing. Uh, this guy, apparently, uh, he doesn't believe a goddamn thing his, his dad says and knows his father is just bullshitting. Yeah, because he's, he's also the kid from his dad's original marriage. Yeah, he's been married. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character has been married a few times. He has a little funny. As soon as they get too old, it's like about Who? that. Mm-hmm. He's married to Amy Adams, who's like the one that's never gonna let him go. She's the one who sunk his her claws into him and basically is his master. Yes, by the end of the movie, it's her whole thing. It's her cult. Yeah, because she manipulates him, and that's how she, you know, basically. Well, no, we'll get to that, but. Yeah, his son is telling Joaquin Phoenix, like, you know, he just repeat, you know, he doesn't believe anything he says. He's just making it up as he goes along. That's why he can't remember anything he says. <laughs> exactly. And that comes back later. Um, and <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's character gets weirdly mad at him for a second. He's like, why don't you wake up? Be a man! <laughs> and starts shaking his chair for some reason. 
Um, and then the cops come. He's like, play cool, play cool. I wasn't beating you up. <laughs> you're all, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> uh, it's that kind of like horrible, ab- abusive attitude. Like, no, I, I, I just roughed you up a little bit. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the cops come in and they're like, you know, you're practicing medicine without a license. And uh, they arre- they arrest Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, but not before Joaquin Phoenix causes a whole fucking horrible situation by just hitting the cops yeah, and getting into a fight with them, and he gets arrested with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And uh, there's a really great scene where they're in jail. Fo- uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is freaking out because he doesn't, you know, I guess he's doesn't want to be in a cage. Yeah. And he's just like, like he's... Probably di- reminds him of being in the boat while being attacked, and it's just like... Yeah. You know, and he's like fucking like doing something with the bunk beds or he's just like hitting his head against them. He smashes the porcelain toilet. He smashes a toilet, which a little trivia about that scene, uh, that wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to break? Yeah, apparently they filmed in like an old jail or something and that toilet was basically an antique. (laughs) Um... And, yeah, I guess the porcelain was so old, it was weak, and when he fucking kicked it, it just fucking fell apart. And it just went with it? Yeah. He just starts smashing it to bits. It's like, uh, yeah, it's already broken. Not like we're going to fix it. Might as well. And then, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, your uh, fear of imprisonment is a symptom of your past life. And Joaquin Phoenix basically loses it at that point and says, shut the fuck up! You're making all this shit up. He's like, I, I'm i not sure why he comes to this conclusion. Maybe, like, he secretly believed his son. Like, he actually was like, yeah, I kind of feel that too. And his reaction to, you know, his sort of violent reaction to that was also, like, sort of a denial. Like, no, he can't be. He can't mm-hmm. be lying to me. You're not another person. Yeah, exactly. So... But at that point, like, Joaquin Phoenix is in jail. It's like, I'm, nothing is working out for me. Like, yeah, you're supposed to make so things shit. better for me. And you're just lying. And then this pisses off Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Because he hates being called a liar. And he's like, you're a lazy-ass piece of shit. <laughs> I'm done with you, you drunk. And he starts taking a piss. And he just pisses in the toilet. And, uh... Philip Seymour Hoffman's character gets sued <laughs> by uh, his old benefactor for fucking up her yacht because mm. it wasn't his yacht. Of course that, it wasn't. And, um, this guy owns nothing. Nope, he just uh, borrows everything and says, eh, I'll pay you back later. And yet nope. somehow the master. Because he's smart in a sense that he's like sort of book smart. He has a way with words so he can manipulate People, you know, younger people, people like Joaquin Phoenix, the crazy drifter. 40s, who looks older than... Because of his alcohol use. He literally looks older than Seymour Hoffman in this movie. Yeah, he looks rough. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's, yeah, it's funny because Seymour Hoffman's character is probably supposed to be like 40, 50, and he... Li- and oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix's character is supposed to be like 28, maybe? Maybe his early 30s, I'm not sure. And he looks... 67. But, you know, 
alcohol, constant alcohol abuse. But will it's also do that. it's like he didn't actually have alcohol abuse. He just looks like that. <laughs> like, like he doesn't. <laughs> In fact, for uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, next movie, he gained a bunch of weight. There's pictures Finally. of him probably with a big old like, beer gut or they're something. Probably like you got to still have doing the roles where you become a Skeletor man. You're gonna die. <laughs> I don't I don't know how he he beefed up, but yeah, he looks fat. And then he's gonna have to lose it all again for Joker. <sighs> he's not doing another Joker movie. That's not happening. They la- they announced the, the sequel to Joker too. No, they didn't. Yes, he signed. That was you didn't the, hear about that. Is this recently? Yeah. Keep talking about your movie. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix ends up getting released from jail. Maybe it's a week later. Maybe it's a month later. It's hard to tell. But he comes back to Lauren's, Laura Dern's house, and Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, welcomes him back with open arms, and they roll around in the grass together. A really kind of funny, awkward scene where... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's watching his 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 baby daughter like ride this little, little tricycle, and he's like, "Ah, there you go. Be careful. Almost made it." He's like, he doesn't care. And then once Joaquin Phoenix's character comes in, he walks like right past her, looking like he was almost gonna kick her, <laughs> kick her down. And uh, I just think that's a little funny detail, like a little funny little touch, that I think is intentional that he cares more about this weirdo than his own children. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams decide to finally kind of like, okay, if you want to stay with us, you're going to have, you're going to be fully indoctrinated. And so he goes through this rigorous process of <laughs> having to, uh, deal with all this like weird like these weird psychological tests where uh in one scene Amy Adams is reading these really sexually graphic cards that say like fuck boy fuck fuck away <laughs> and it's making Joaquin Phoenix's character uncomfortable he's like I I don't want to hear you read this <laughs> and he's like and she's like shh, shh, shh. And she's just—it's like the most like graphic, horrible shit. Like, oh, he fucked me really hard with a dildo. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's another weird test with her where she's like, "Look into my eyes, turn them a different color, turn them black." And then there's—they actually turn black, and she looks like a demon. It's a really creepy scene. There's another test where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son-in-law. Uh, is uh, put in a room with him where they're kind of like, they're supposed to just like talk to each other and just, you know, just say anything without, it's basically kind of like the pro- the processing, but with without like the questionnaire, I guess. It's just, it's almost like this weird buddy exercise where they're supposed to kind of like say personal things about each other and, you know, see if that, stop, wake up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to say, like, these uh, personal things that, that could be insulting or, you know, just to get under the person's skin to see if, any, you know, you can withstand it. And Walking Phoenix knows he can't. So he's he, like, I don't want to do this. He fails, like, a bunch of times. He's like, can we not do this? Because I'm going to get mad immediately. <laughs> One of my favorite 
line, uh, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie comes in there, though, where he's like, I want to fart in your face. I know. He's <laughs> if I had to fart right now, I'd fart right in your face. He always kind of sounds like he wants to be Elvis. Because he has, like, a his cleft palate. Although that's Joaquin, Fe- that's Joaquin Phoenix in real life. He really did have a cleft palate. Yeah. He sounds a little bit like that in real life. So, uh, yeah. And it's also the alcohol. The alcohol kind of... Don't kinda. drink the milk. <laughs> the alcohol probably slurs his speech a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bert Kreischer can barely speak a sentence nowadays. You know, messes with your brain. Melts it. Completely melts it. Especially the shit that he's drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a reason why he talks like that. Yeah, he, he, I'm going to fart in your face. <laughs> and then uh, the guy, this son of, yeah, Mr. Robot from the, the show, Mr. Robot, is like, you know, you need to be away from people, alone. <laughs> you need to be locked up. You're a freak. <laughs> he goes off on him. Yeah, he, and he like freaks Joaquin Phoenix out a little bit. He goes, ah! <laughs> Makes him jump. <laughs> no, Joaquin Phoenix almost beats him up. Yeah, after he keeps saying uh, his girlfriend's name. Doris, 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 Doris. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. I'll smash your head in. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I was on a battleship that won... Like the gold star. What did you do, dummy? <laughs> your wife wants. To, I kept thinking he was gonna say that. Like your wife. Oh yeah, wants, I it, could fuck your Philip wife. Philip Seymour Hoffman's daughter, to. who this guy is married to, wants to fuck Walking Joaquin Phoenix. Because so she go, she could tell she's the type that goes for the alphas. For sure, and then like this whole group is just filled with like master. Yeah, a bunch of little cucky fucks. And this and Walking Phoenix is like that too, but he's also like an alpha version of it. Basically. I mean he's he's not as easily swayed by the whole thing. And then there's the final test, which seems to be the most rigorous, where he's required to wa- pick up any spot in the room in this living room area and describe it. And then he starts describing like the wall or whatever and Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, all right, now go to the, the other end. Do it over there. He's like, and he starts describing the window. And he just keeps making him do this over and over again. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of this? And we don't really know how long he makes him do it. Is it weeks? It seems like days, hours, hours months, <laughs> years. Because they go outside, they're watching yeah, let's let, Let's break for lunch, everybody. Except for you, Freddy. Except for you. You keep doing this. <laughs> it's like, What? <laughs> the worst things you could be doing to someone who's probably got like schizophrenia. And it's funny, like he he bumps into the wall and he's like, It's a fucking wall fucking starts hitting it because <laughs> he's so frustrated. That he has to keep doing this over and over. And then he, and he over. finally basically just breaks mentally and is like, I can see the trees beyond which I see now. Stop and then saying bullshit and to then get Philip Seaborhoff is like, Stop, stop, stop. You've passed the test. <laughs> he's like, are you fucking with me? <laughs> You're like, no way, bro. He's <laughs> doing it? Like, no. Because that's what makes you think like he's been doing it for days. Yeah, like, it's weird and kind of cruel. But uh, they hug it out, and they go dig up <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's unpublished works in the desert. Um, 
and they have a little conference in Phoenix uh, to promote uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's next book, mm. The Split Saber. <laughs> <laughs> what a title. And um, you see the public, you know, you see like them printing copies of it and everything. And uh, there's a really great subtle scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman's just like sitting in this room, like in this dark, smoky room. And he's just kind of like, like brooding or like sort of like reflecting to himself. And it almost to me, it seems like in that moment he's like i'm a fraud i know i'm a fraud i'm making i am making this up as i go and i don't know why these people are even interested in what i have to say we got to keep going this is but i got to do this and then he you know goes up and he's like you know the secret to all of this is laughter <laughs> this dumb bullshit yeah and then there's a great scene where laura dern who, like, this is, like, her one, like, important scene in the whole movie, but I think it's great. Uh, she goes up to him after kind of, you know, reading through the book a little bit, and she calls him out on some inconsistencies with the, the rules of the cause, or the general, like, philosophy. And uh, she's like, you know, originally it was like you, you know, you're supposed to imagine like what it's like now it's like like i forget exactly what he changes it to but like it it's inconsistent and she's and he's just like well you know it's it's, it's a new way you know it's a new way we need to think about things and she's like but you know it goes against everything that you've been talking about and he's finally just freaks out and like what do you want mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she <laughs> she gives him a death, death stare, stare. That tells his, you everything. His dick went inside his body. As soon as he said it, he, pro- he realized, like, oh, fuck. And she immediately kicks again. him out. <laughs> they have to go to England at that point. Uh, but before that, um, or before they go to England, is what I'm saying, Fre- uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman and the son-in-law and his daughter uh, go out to the desert to, I guess, do another weird little exercise where Philip Seymour Hoffman has a motorcycle all of a sudden, which kind of comes out of nowhere. I know, it does. It's like, where'd he get this fucking like, motorcycle? Like that's something should that should have been like been a s- scene where like someone gave it to him as a gift and he was like, oh, I know what or to do like, with this. Or he's like, I collect motorcycles I, or I love going off-roading or something. That's something that does kind of need to be established. He just has one. Yeah. It's an important scene. And so uh, they he says, I'm going to pick a spot, I'm going to point to it, and I'm going to ride all the way over there. And, you know, and Phil Seymour Hoffman does that. And then Joaquin Phoenix gets onto the bike and just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop. And it's just a scene of like them watching him go away like, huh, I don't think Daddy! he's going to come back. <laughs> And then they, it's there's a nice little shot that uh, you know there's like this kind of sad music playing over it. Philip Seymour Hoffman is just kind of looking bummed after they realize that he's my gone. My motorcycle and my buddy. 
And then we get a uh, we get a really long scene that I'm not a huge fan of, where he goes back to his hometown, back to that girl's house, to have and a just scene with his makes mom, a with mother, mother feel uncomfortable for like 15 minutes. Or is she uncomfortable? Yeah, is she? Does she want him to come in? It's like it's this weird scene of like, is she fucking him? Like, why is she so intent on him coming in the house? For a minute, she's like, do you want to come in? And he's like, no. And she's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, that, that long scene, we cut to Joaquin Phoenix. Well, that scene's important that we do find out that Dorsey. Oh, yeah. His girlfriend got uh, married. Got married and obviously moved on with her life. It's good riddance. Well, not good riddance, but good for her. Yeah, good for her. That's what I mean. Like, she dodged a bullet. Yeah, she wouldn't have been, been able to handle him. She would have had two black eyes, like, her whole life. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he would have been there. Oh, he definitely would have been. There's no way. Because he, like, he blacks out, like, every single night. Very true. So, yeah. So he kind of just kind of he goes off. He goes to the movies to watch <laughs> a Casper film because Casper was an animated film short series before it became the famous live action film of our we all know and love. I guess. Oh fuck you! I love. That. <laughs> um, and he gets a phone call from Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's like, "How did you find me?" <laughs> How did you know I was in this theater? And he's like, well, you need to just come to England. Give me my favorite and bring me my favorite cigarettes, which they don't have here. Cools. Minty cools. But then we see Joaquin Phoenix, like, wake up, like, in his seat. And it's like, did that scene actually happen? Did he just pass out with the phone in his arm? Was it a dream? All right, I'll just take this. Um... So yeah, it's one of those sort of, ooh, is he dreaming? Do they have some weird connection to each other? He goes, so yeah, Joaquin Phoenix goes off to England and has one final chat with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who didn't expect him at all, but then did. Because past lives. (laughs) Because he's like, oh, thanks for bringing me the cigarettes, but what are you doing here? He's like, you told me to come here. He's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then, yeah, Amy Adams is like, "Get the fuck like, out of here! You can't take this life straight." Yeah, she goes, "Can you quit drunk. drinking?" And he says, "No." And she's like, "Then get out." Mm-hmm. For some reason, he can't be an alcoholic in this organization. I don't know. I guess it messes with the processing. It messes with their ability to control. Yeah, yeah, because you lose control. Um, and so, Joaquin or. Philip Seymour Hoffman tells Joaquin Phoenix, like, you know, if I ever see you again, like, if if we meet in the next life, we will be sworn enemies, and I will show you no mercy. So they basically, yeah, they're breaking off their relationship, and <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman sings him this weird little song. It's uh, weird. Why? Why? Like, I'd be like, why you hate me so much? I was like, he doesn't hate him. But we will be sworn enemies. Like, you're such a bitch. Like, I'm going to shoot you in the face right as soon as our next live. It's like, boom. And, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix kind of just goes off. He goes to a pub, and he meets this uh, this girl, and they have sex. And while they're having sex, Joaquin Phoenix is asking 
some of the questions that Philip Seymour Hoffman asked him during the processing scene. And it's sort of, I feel like, for one second, Joaquin Phoenix's character finally gets what he wants, because he's been wanting sex this whole time. He's a really repressed character. Um, but who knows if he actually, you know, gets into a relationship with this girl, if he can actually maybe try to settle down. Yeah, because it ends with just... Is he his own master? It just flashes back to him laying next to the weird sand lady. Yeah, so and I guess maybe it implies over. that he'll always be lonely. Because there's, this, you can see everybody like walking away from him, in that shot. He's like fucking weirdo. <laughs> and that's the movie. He's just gonna be a story like, man, there was this one guy, back in the navy. He's always jerking off. <laughs> he jerked off into the ocean. He had no butt. It was just like a tailbone. He was all spine. <laughs> he was all spine. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he looks like. Yeah, I mean, I... He looks like he a definitely, question mark. He should have been the Riddler. He should have been the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Qua- yeah, Quasimodo. I mean, he's got an, an interesting look. He's not traditionally handsome, like... It's like he had to be, but he looks like he, li- he, he exists in pain. I don't know, I guess he's doing just fine. Oh, and sure. now for this new movie, he's gained a little bit of weight. Oh, and uh, everyone, I did Google it, and it is happening. They're writing the script. It's probably not going to start filming until 2023, but the guy's writing the script now. What can they do? It's just another universe. What's the point, though? Joker being Joker. I don't want to see that. Come on. No, it's going to be lame, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Walking Phoenix wants more money. Money's well, corrupting he'll, him. He'll, <laughs> he'll get some money. Uh, and maybe more accolades. <laughs> this one will definitely be PG-13. I'm just kidding. No, they made a billion dollars the last movie. I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah. The Master, it's a hell of a, hell of a movie. I don't usually like going scene by scene because it's boring as fuck. But with this movie, you kind of have to. If you miss one scene, you're just like, weren't we just at Sears? And you're like, <laughs> well, now we're on a boat. And you're like, why? And you're like, oh, or you just well. like you would get lost. Like, what is what is he even talking about? What are they talking about? What is this movie? Because you probably still don't get it because we never do it right. No, of course not. That's why we tell you, go fucking watch the movie yourself. <laughs> And then give us some feedback, what you thought about The Master. Yeah. Did you think it was boring? <laughs> yeah! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it's great, act, it's it's well acted, obviously. It's well directed, obviously. The cinematography is good, obviously. Everything about it is like what... All the things All the check really marks, make but it's just... Movie. I get it. It's either snoring or just like, oh, my elbows live in my ears yeah, now. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a movie that kind of makes you uncomfortable. It's a, one of those kind of character study movies that I like. Every scene is like, okay. This is so long. That's what makes it cringy. Like, how long are we going to sit in this cringe? Again, he likes to just kind of let you s- soak everything in. 
You know, he takes his time, Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, it's like everything now is just like whoosh, 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 fast editing and scenes can't last more than a minute. It's like, give me some time. Give no, some I want time. Bam, 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 bam. What's up? The worst thing ever, yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> Where can we go I from here? I'm going to give it a good old rating first, and then we're going to go into questions. Questions. What? Questions. But first, we'll huh? give you a Sterling Hammer's review. <sighs> What's the scoop? Now remember, this review is personal. Like if I if I was going like oh on scale of like movies, like like well made movies, what this be like? Obviously, it's gonna be like a seven or an eight or some shit. But you're giving it a personal twist. How did I feel in it? Four. This movie was just it had my heart feel sad the whole time. Ears, yeah. shoulders living inside my <laughs> ears. I fell asleep a couple times. It's just this movie was just it's like fourteen hours long. Most of the movie you're just like, is Walking Phoenix making the noise? <laughs> Even though he's not, you know he's not. But it just his face looks like I just can't get comfortable. But he just he, he just he can never be comfortable, so it makes you not comfortable. Even when he's fucking, he's just like, Can you <laughs> like, it, it fell out. Like it's like my bot. It's like, cause, yeah, it fell out because his dick can't get hard because he's got whiskey dick all the time. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, mean I, I saw that coming. I knew you probably weren't gonna like this. No, it was impossible for me to like it. I mean, I don't think I've liked a movie he's shown me of his. Oh well, I mean, I did like. Um, there will be blood. There will be blood, but that's like the one he's known for, and that's what everyone likes. Because, so you just you know you like what everybody else likes. Mm-hmm. I like it when people drink my milk. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. milkshake. That guy just that one was just like an alpha badass, and it's like this would have been cooler if like Joaquin was more like alpha maybe, and less cringe. But, you know, yeah, he's a disturbed character. It's just that kid that makes, like, every, like when you have him in your class in high school, you'd be like, oh, fuck. This year's going to suck. Because he's just going to, every period, can I just, like, play video games right now? Like, no, you can't just play video games right now. Why you got to talk? Like, shut up. What, like, and he answers, like, what's the answer to 2 plus 4? Um, 17. It's, you're not even close, buddy. Like, where are you right now? Why? Don't talk anymore. You're picking your nose. And you're eating your boogers. And I had those kids in class. And you're you're sniffing your glue. Yeah, you're drinking it too. Alright. Everyone's favorite time. Questions. For who? Questions for Lee. For Lee? The questions are for Lee. Jesus Christ, everybody. Wow, really? Let's get some questions for Lee. Oh boy. Lee. Did you see this movie when it came out, or when did you see this? Um, this is actually a movie that I've I actually watched somewhat recently. I think I watched it like yeah, like in twenty twenty. 
Like I think it was possibly during the uh, the pandemic, and this movie had been on Netflix for I I felt like years. Like it was always there, and you know I'm I was a fan of I'm a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson. I was like I want to. You know, see what his what his other movies are like, the ones I haven't seen. And the Master was one that I had heard mixed things about. I'm just surprised you hadn't seen it way earlier. It, well, it kind of it's one of those movies that kind of flew under the radar. Um. So yeah, I mean, I watched it on Netflix, and I was I was enthralled the entire time. I lo- I just the acting, the filmmaking, the I do, I don't, okay, Joaquin Phoenix's character, I wouldn't say is a likable character. No. But he's an interesting character. I like seeing his journey throughout this film. But if he was like, worked your shift at work, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, in real life, I probably would not want to be around him. (laughs) But that's a more interesting character in a movie for me than... Some norm, just some boring average guy. Oh, hey, I'm gonna fall in love with this girl, I guess. That's not how my movies are. First of all, first of all, well, they have dogs and (laughs) they're nice guys. I don't care about nice guys. (laughs) You don't even like bad guys. You like fucking. We talking about like live into ears, like like you like that kind of bad guy. It's like, oh god, does he really have to skin Kenny Biggs? Like. Who eats guinea pigs? Like that's the kind of guy he likes. <laughs> like, did you know no. he harvests guinea pigs? <laughs> no, he sells coats. Ever since I showed for... you the witch, that's just like baby killing, guinea pigs? animal murder. Well, there's both of that in that movie. <laughs> but then you you fucking projected that onto everything that I like now, because that's just what happened. But it happened in that one movie. It's it doesn't happen in every ev- movie. Every movie that I watch years now, it's just PTSD, <laughs> and I just see baby mushing and dead gutted dogs and witches fucking kids. Goats yeah. going, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is a Caddyshack. I'm like, all I see is goats, man. <laughs> all I see is Black Phillip. That was the name of the goat. I know. In, in the Vavitch. That movie is horrifying. Yeah, it's tainted the point. every one of your movies since. <laughs> Good. Fight Club, all about the witch. You're insane. <laughs> all right, well, what's your other question? Wh- uh. Where does this rank on your list of uh, Wes Anderson or whatever his movie? What's his name? Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Uh, well, I think it ranks for me personally. It ranks pretty high. I, I think my favorite is There Will Be Blood. I think that's just a fucking phenomenal movie. And I think even though that's kind of a slow film as well, more happens in it. I'm more engaged by that character. What happens in like the first 15 minutes when the intense ass little gold oil scene. scene? The gold, oh, digging, gold scene. digging scene, yeah. Yeah. And the guy has just like blurp. Oh yeah, and the the other oil, yeah. It's a, that's a, yeah, it's a great film. It's well made, it's extremely well acted. 
Um, but this movie, I I really just am interested in those those two characters, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and Joaquin Phoenix's. That relationship is kind of what you know makes the movie for me, and they're great together. I think they give their some of their best performances, honestly. Um, and I like the idea of it kind of being a little sort of loosely based off of the story of Scientology, or at least like kind of the early years of Scientology. Uh, but then after that, uh, I'd say Boogie Nights and then Punch Drunk Love mm. in terms of the movies that we've watched. Poor Adam Sandler on the bottle. I like Punch Drunk Love a lot, but it's you know it's not my favorite. It's weird to think that he's filmed all those movies. He has a very I mean, they're interesting similar, career. but they're different. That's what I like about him. He's a he's a true auteur. He has his own sense of style and vision for what he wants to put on the screen. He writes his own screenplays. Yeah, hmm. I like him. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> Anderson. I like him. Paul Thomas Anderson. And I like Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Andersons, except for Paul W.S. Anderson, director of the <laughs> Resident Evil movies. That Anderson could suck these farts. And, uh, what? Well, let's see, what else did he direct? Alien vs. Predator. Bastard. <laughs> and let's Ander- not forget the first Mortal Kombat movie. Are these Andersons related? No. Just Anderson's a popular name. <laughs> It's a standard white guy name. <laughs> true that, true that. Hmm. Okay, yeah, duh. Well, what's your favorite scene in this movie? You know my favorite scene. What's your favorite or, scene? Or, like, my favorite aspect? Or? Aspect, scene, thing, whatever. Well, I mean, the <clears throat> I guess it would probably, it would probably be the performances. I think the performances are great. Um, Which I one's th- the weakest performance? I don't think there is a weakest. I don't think there is a weak performance. Gotcha. I think everybody's really good in this movie. Mm. And you know the filmmaking, of course, it's interesting. This movie, it was shot using like old, uh, like old cameras. Uh, what they what they call like seventy millimeter, which is a hu- like kind of a big, uh, like kind of framing. Usually, that's usually how, how they shot like all of the old like epic, epic movies from like the fifties and stuff. But a lot of this movie takes place in rooms, mm. and there's lots of like close-ups of Joaquin Phoenix's face or Philip Seymour Hoffman's face, and it's like it kind of makes me wonder like why did he choose to shoot it that way? And it's sort of like what Quentin Tarantino did. With Hateful Eight, he shot that movie in 70 millimeter, and that movie takes place in a cabin. Yeah. It's like, what? What's the point? I mean, I guess it... It's like just to say that it was filmed in that aspect. Like, yeah, we're bringing it back, because, yeah, nobody nobody was doing that at the time. Nobody was using that film stock anymore. Does it make it even look better or anything? And the movie looks great, I think. And so does Hateful Eight. Uh, there does seem to be kind of like a. Everything seems like more like open, more so than regular like 
35 millimeter. Yeah. I guess you see the whole room. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's I think it's a, it's a extremely well-made film, an extremely well-acted movie. I pretty, I just I really just dig this whole movie. Well, and the more interesting question then would be what's your least favorite part? Well, I don't like I don't like the scene where he goes back to uh, where he goes back to his hometown yeah. to find out about his girlfriend. I think it goes on way too long. Literally could have just gone right to the movie theater. Probably. Or it could have just been like, yeah, she's gone. Uh, and then in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, there's it just kind of like wastes waste time. and just kind of meanders a little bit. Uh, There's, you know, things that they could have you know, like the the motorcycle, like that could have been set up. There's things that kind of just like pop out, pop up out of nowhere. Certain characters, like even that's that character in uh, that scene that we really like. Yeah, he just gets beat like, up and then like he's gone. That did they beat him to death, or well, it's not like that. I'm, I'm talking about that just like that guy charges. just seems kind of like random. We don't get any sort of like setup. Yeah, did someone setup. bring him? Has he been following this guy? Is he a reporter? Like, we don't really get any setup for like why he decides to call out Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. It just kind of happens. There's a few moments like that in this movie where things just kind of happen, and you're like, "Uh, okay." Yeah, because <laughs> he's just like, I don't know how to fit this in, but I want it in. Yeah. So. And he's little, like, this movie's uh, already so confusing, no one will question it. You know, it's a little obtuse, I would say. Very much so. But yeah, that's that's about it. All right, Lee, well then, let's hear your 10 out of 10 rating. No, it's not going to get a 10 out of 10. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a movie that I, I, I've come to really... Really, really, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> I've come to really like this movie. Uh, I mean, I liked it when I first watched it, and it was one of those movies that I immediately wanted to like rewatch. I think I watched it like <laughs> I rewatched it like a day later, because it was like it really stuck with me when I first watched it. I think the rewatch this movie. I know, right? <laughs> claw my eye brains out. I'd be like, I'm so tired. Well, you hated it. Yeah, I mean, it really, like, it really stuck with me. And I, uh, I just was hypnotized in a sense, you know, by the whole aura of this movie. I just, like, yeah, I really like, I really like the music in this movie, too. Same guy who did the music for, uh, there will be blood. Johnny Greenwood, who was, uh, believe, either lead guitarist or lead singer of Radiohead, mm. the rock band. Um, and I just think that you know, he does amazing work. Um, and it gives this movie, it gives the movie kind of like a haunting atmosphere. So, I mean, with, yeah, with all that said, I say. Go seek this movie out. You never rated it. 
I know. I'm just telling people, <laughs> go seek this movie out if it sounds like it might be kind of interesting. Because uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, which is a pretty high rating. I'm trying not to hype it up too much. Because you're going to be like, what? Because you could end up like Sterling and just being like, <laughs> and ooh, I'm uncomfortable. Fucking Phoenix is just, stop it. It's being a lot of extra. It's a real Karen in the movie, let's say that. <laughs> sure, yeah. Being a real Kevin. Well, with that being said, <laughs> like this movie is an extra long podcast. Maybe going on a little too long. But now we're into the let me let me tell you let me tell you what I'm gonna be showing Lee next week. Lee Dev I showed him a fun old, like crazy, just out of nowhere nineties movie for the season finale last week. So Lee's is like, Oh, how can I make Sterling feel bad inside of his heart? <laughs> so Lee picked this movie, The Masters. So then I thought Master. to myself <clears throat> What should I show Lee? What should you use to get revenge on me? And let's just say I've picked the perfect movie. <laughs> you With, sure did. And it's hilarious because this movie comes out the same year as Lee's movie. That's my boy. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it is a much different movie than The Masters. We're going from a drama to a Comedy, as Nick Swartzel would say. Hooray. Um, but yeah, I just want to do something fun. Uh, this is on a um, uh, DVD of mine called Laugh Out Comedy, three movies. And it's got like just Adam Sandler movies is on it. Um, Jack and Jill is one of them. Yeah, Jack and Jill is garbage fart. The classic. I actually hate Jack and Jill, which is funny because next week when we go into this movie... You're going to be like, sheesh. Um, but I'm excited to show Lee because I really, Lee is not going to like this, ladies and gentlemen. But maybe he does. Maybe we get a surprise and Lee. You know what? I'm going to come in, go in with an open mind and we'll just see. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to next week's podcast though a lot. I think it's going to be a real fun one after this real sad one. I'm just kidding. This was a good one, too. Uh, sometimes you got to have some of the artsy-fartsy to mix up the farty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you were trying to do there. It almost worked. I did it for a way of the, the Sterling did. You know how Wait. it does, yeah, and right. it works, and it, you say something, and it's like a thing, and then you... And then you know how you say stuff, and then, and, and then it works. And it, it's an entendre. You know how, like. <laughs> yep. People who watch TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. Poor old man Lee here is just like, oh, he's just having a stroke. <laughs> Has no idea I'm doing a TikTok because I'm one of the young guys. For now. All right. Before I keep living with my shoulders up to my ears, um, I'll end this podcast. Uh, as always, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We uh, Go watch the movie so you can make your own opinion about it. 
Leave down in the comments. Did you like the movie? Did you not like the movie? What were your thoughts? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Um, please go watch uh, That's My Boy so you're ready for next week's podcast. Follow along with us. It's, I think it's a fun a little funner way to go along with the podcast. If not, wait for the podcast and then watch it afterwards if you like the way we describe it, which is always terrible. Um, that's why I even suggest, like, don't worry about us spoiling the movie. It's going to be better watching it no matter what. Um, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us on all the things. All our social media is posted there at It's Not the Worst Movie Pod. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Catch you on the flip side.